Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 116. And today we're going to be looking at grief and sadness and being brokenhearted and loss. So that is our subject today. So if you're not brokenhearted and if you're not grieving or mourning, maybe you know someone who is, and hopefully this teaching will help you help that one in your life who is grieving. You know, Jesus spoke on so many different subjects. It's one thing to believe in God. It's another thing to know how to live in this world. And much of Jesus' teaching is about learning how to live in this world learning how to live with things like grief and loss or anger or divorce, you know? Um, What do you do with people who hurt you or want to hurt you? You know, some of us have worked with people that have been awful to work with and they would really like to have us fired What do you do with that? How do you live with that? Um, What do you think about money? Do do you live, does it have you or do you control money or does money control you? Giving. All these things Jesus spoke on, all these kinds of subjects. Anxiety, that's another common thing. The main bulk of his teaching is called the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew or it's called the Sermon on the Plain. We call it the Sermon on the Mount, but it would actually have been many, many different kinds of sermons because he covers all these subjects that I just mentioned there. And there's no way that you can cover all that information in one sermon. It's like it's just way too much. So what probably happened was is that he would talk about these subjects many, many times. And it's almost like the Sermon on the Mount I don't know, it should maybe be called, be called something like a beginner's guide to Jesus' teaching. Uh, because we're all beginners in many ways. And when you first read the Sermon on the Mount, or the Beatitudes are called, well, let me just look at them here. Let's see here. Uh, these are things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, they're not going to make sense upon first reading. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Yeah, that's all, that's all a part of the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount or in Luke's version, it's called the Sermon on the Plain. And kind of a famous, famous teaching, but again, when you first read it, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Who wants to be poor, hungry, weeping, and hated? You know, he's saying, this is, blessed are you if you're poor. Blessed are you if you're hungry. Blessed are you if you're weeping. It's like, uh, no, we prefer to avoid this, right? We, they all sound painful, 
Most of them sound painful and we, we try and set up our lives to avoid suffering. But what Jesus constantly does is, is that he points us to another way of looking at life, a different way of looking at life. So, for example, in the teaching of blessed are, blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. I mean, he's basically telling us, you know, you will go through times of mourning. You can avoid this. Life isn't about getting all your ducks in a row and then you'll find joy. Life doesn't work that way. Suffering and joy coexist. So how are you going to mourn? How are you going to mourn? So that's where I'm going. That's what we're looking at today. Mourning, it's really a part of living in this world. And most of us have not been taught how to mourn well, especially here in North America. Don't know about other countries so much, but we're not given a lot of permission to be sad for very long. Loss is a common experience from, a ch from childhood, really. Being comforted, not so common. So that the whole line is, blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Chances are we've experienced the first half, but being comforted, that's a little bit different. Going to be looking at why there's certain things that we can do that stop us from being comforted. But first of all, this whole idea about mourning, I'm not just talking about people who die. It could be that. Maybe someone you love has died. And of course that, if you love that person, that is a massive loss. But there are other things other than death that can be taken away from us. I mean, even for children, you know, Maybe you weren't protected very well when you were a child and you've carried that into adulthood. Maybe you had a parent that really didn't protect you at all and now you're older and, and that's, it's coming back to you and it affects your relationships today. You went through a loss when you were a, a child. Or maybe your parents, maybe it wasn't so much that they were abusive, maybe they were just distracted and busy in a, in a world of their own and you felt neglected that way. Certainly emotionally you were neglected. So loss can start at a young age. People we love leave. Health eludes us. Or maybe there's conflict at home. And you go home every night after work and you're just not comfortable there anymore. You're not happy anymore. That's a huge loss, isn't it? Or maybe there's something going on within yourself. And, uh, you know, it's a kind of a mourning, wishing for something else, hoping for another kind of life or a change. So I think that during these last couple of years, really, the world has gone into sort of a collective mourning of sorts because we can lose sense of having a community. We can lose a, we can lose a community, can't we? 
or we can lose a sense of safety. I think that's pretty common these last couple of years. Uh, we can lose economic stability, which causes all sorts of grief, or a sense of belonging. Who am I? Who am I? Well, these are common sorts of things that cause people of all ages a lot of sadness. And when Jesus first gave this teaching, his audience, his first group that would be listening, um, would have experienced many of the same things that we experience, just for the simple fact we're human, and grief cannot be avoided. And as I said earlier, even if you're not personally grieving, maybe someone you really care about is going through a lot of suffering, and that causes you to suffer. Or maybe you're concerned about, you know, uh, other nations, or other people groups, or the warming planet. I mean, some people are very sensitive to other people, and the state, and the plight of this world. That can cause us to mourn. So in this teaching, Jesus uh, talks about mourning, and he says this strange thing. Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Now, first of all, it is not an instruction. It's not a sermon that tells you to do anything. Actually, I think a lot of really great sermons don't tell you to do things. I think what really great teachings do is... You're listening and you think, you know what? That is so true. Like they remind you of something that you already know or they tell you something and it sort of resonates with you and it's like, that is me. That is so true. So he's not telling us to do anything in any of these uh, what we call beatitudes or blessing statements. He's saying, he's saying, look, I'm just giving you this statement. This is the reality this is the way it is. Blessed are those who mourn. Now, that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us. How could this possibly be a blessed state? Well, first of all, I think we need to know and understand what the original word blessed means because it doesn't mean to be happy. It doesn't mean to be carefree. He's not saying blessed are those who mourn. You know, how could you? It's nothing about happiness. It's nothing about being carefree. The original word, makarios, remember the New Testament was written in Greek. So makarios, kind of a tricky word to translate, but it's really an important word because it's... Um, once you, once you see what it means, or hear what it means, it, it start, starts to open up the teaching more. If you think about someone in your life, and, and let's say someone that you'd say, she's a great blessing to me, or he's a great blessing to me, or it could be a pet. It could be one of your pets. You could say, you know, that little cat or that little dog has been a blessing to me. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? If you say your friend or your child or your partner or your spouse or your dog is a great blessing to me, you're kind of saying this one has enlarged my life. I'm a better 
person because of this. I'm fuller. I'm more complete. This is a, an amazing gift. This person is an amazing gift to me. What a wonderful gift. I am blessed because of her presence in my life, because of who she is, right? Macarius, it's presence. When we talk about being blessed, we're talking about being blessed or enlarged by the fullness of God. Now, I'm going to unpack this a little bit more later. But when he says, blessed are, the, blessed are those who mourn, it's nothing about being happy. It's nothing about feeling good. But there is certainly something about the presence of God will be upon you in a special way when you go through a time of mourning. Now remember, he's given us a statement, so he's not telling us to do anything. Macarius, it's like presence. Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Now, the problem is, many of us don't know how to mourn, or we stop mourning way too soon. Because the blessing is, blessed are those who mourn, which means you have to mourn. You have to keep mourning and you have to keep being sad. We can stop our mourning prematurely and get stuck. So many of us don't know how to mourn. We don't know how to grieve. And we can get stuck in different stages of grief because you know, grief is a process, right? It's one step forward, two steps back. Today, I think I'm feeling a bit better. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm back at square one. Will I ever feel better? You know, it's just this dance. And a lot of the time, we don't receive a lot of comfort because we get stuck. By the way, Jesus was called a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. Isn't that a beautiful title it's from Isaiah 53? A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. When Jesus' friend Lazarus died, he wept. When Jesus looked out over Jerusalem and sensed their resistance to God, he wept. He wept over cities. He didn't avoid grief. He didn't avoid pain. He never tried to skirt around pain. If he did, there would never have been any cross, right? Mourning is the hard work of walking through pain, not avoiding it. You ever met, these, you ever met someone who just won't go there with you for whatever reason? So I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's what we call avoidance. We have to allow ourselves to feel the depths of grief. Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. I'm not denying it. I'm not minimizing it. I'm not pretending nothing happened. No, it's not just the circle of life. I'm not coping with it through frantic busyness. Or I'm not medicating it away. Or I'm not, you know, I'm not... Whatever way you block pain, right? Some people like to eat, some people like to shop, some people like to drink. 
Um, some people just get frantically busy. No, that all that stuff works to a point, but it really doesn't help you move through grief to get to the other side. Blessed are those who mourn. You've got to keep mourning. You've got to keep being sad. You have to keep being brokenhearted. You have to allow yourself to feel it. it was a, when I was studying about this last week, I, I came across an interesting teaching by Richard Rohr, particularly for men. Uh, it was from his Beloved Son series, and it was called Men in Grief. And the premise of the teaching is, is that men naturally block pain and need to be taught to feel what they don't want to feel. Now, I can't speak directly to that, not being a man, but, however, I, I do know that you can get stuck. You can get stuck in grief. And as a culture, we're really not taught how to grieve, nor given permission to mourn. I mean, it's, we're way too quick to think people need to get over it, you know? Come on, it's been six months, get over it. Come on, it's been a year, you need to get over it. I don't think that that's what Jesus models nor teaches at all. Um, no, I think when we get stuck in grief, we, we can get stuck in anger, which we're going to be looking at next uh, week, next Sunday. Um, we can get stuck in anger. We can isolate when we get stuck in grief. We can become depressed. You know, we all know that there are stages of grief. Remember the Kubler-Ross model? Well, we can get st stuck in any of these stages. And by the way, you know, when Kubler-Ross speaks of, of the stages, it's not just we move cleanly from one stage to the next stage to the next stage and then we're okay. We can be all over the place, back and forward and back and forward, miss stages and everything else. But we can get stuck in shock. We can get stuck in shutting down. We can get stuck in embarrassment and shame. We can get stuck in uh, insecurity. So I think it's very helpful to notice, pay attention to where we get stuck. Because it's noticing where you get stuck that begins to give you a little bit of movement. It's like, God, I am so angry. I am just so angry. Yeah, that's good. Because you're recognizing it, you're feeling it, your, that's the, your heart cry, that is going to help move you to process this. Blessed are those who mourn. They shall be comforted. No, he's, Jesus is saying, you're not going to be overwhelmed by this. You're not going to be, you will be comforted. What, how do I know that? Because God's presence Blessed are those who mourn. The presence will not let you go under. The presence will not overwhelm you. It's like, well, it feels like it. Yeah, it feels like it. But no, you will be comforted. You will be upheld. There's no darkness that can overcome this light.
It's like just make sure you mourn and don't bypass it. There's the blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. It's a fact, Jesus is saying. This is a statement. This is what God does. This is who God is. Remember, one of the names of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, it's who God is. St. Paul, by the way, he was another one who grieved. He was the one who wrote, this is the guy with the help of God that wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He said, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Paul says, I am, I'm okay with being weak, you know? I'm okay with that because when I'm weak, I, I, can, I can begin to see God's strength coming and helping me, before me, behind me, around me, sustaining me. Yeah, it's like the, the Paul said, it's like the peace that passes all understanding. God doesn't remove grief. God doesn't protect us from grief. You know, God doesn't orchestrate our lives to be pain-free because we live in a world and there's a lot of suffering in the world. Instead, instead, actually, in some ways, more amazing, God says, you know what, I'm meeting you in this. I'm meeting you in this. And that's why there's that, another line from Paul. You will, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Because it's the whole idea that, no, God's going to meet you in this time, is meeting you, will sustain you. Yes, there is a future. Yes, there is a hope. Because it's who God is. Blessed are those who mourn you shall be comforted. There's the, there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. It's something to receive, really, isn't it? It's something to receive. It's like, God, thank you that in the midst of this, you remain the same. You're still with me. And you promise to stay with me and help me to work through this time for as long as it takes you're with me helping me every single step of the way well thank you for joining me you have been listening to Celtic Preacher join with me again next week for another episode <laughs>